But in three days, can you get the facts enough to know what level to jump in on, what level you're comfortable with? Welcome to Tax Justice Warriors, the podcast that celebrates the work of low-income taxpayer clinics, focuses on tax controversy work, and looks at related issues in tax news. I'm your host, William Schmidt. Yeah, welcome, Andrew. And I mean, it's it seemed like for today's episode that, that we both are coming to the table with something related to deadlines, but we we both have kind of a different topic that we wanted to discuss. So uh, I would say, let's start with you, um, what what you're bringing to the table, um, a little bit with with what clients um, come with short deadlines. So so what what's on your mind, Andrew? Having clients who come in with notices from exams, from even even the last collection notice with the collection due process hearing when that that's running out or notice of deficiencies and they're in a panic probably rightfully so because they have to respond in three days or something like that and now they're coming to me for help i think it's a terrible situation to be in as an attorney because you obviously want to help the client but you don't want to send nonsense to the irs you don't want to overcommit yourself to the client you don't want to jump into a file petition and be on the hook for the the case before you review any of the the documents so normally for exams examination i will tell the client you need to immediately request 30-day extension to submit documents and reply. If there's a fax number on it, you need to fax that immediately or write a letter if you have to, because they're pretty good about giving extensions if there's enough time or they just want people to communicate. And in the meantime, give me the paperwork, the notice, what they've been sending you. Let's get 2848 on file and I'll investigate it to figure out what needs to get done. Because there's not, I'm not putting together an answer in three days. Then for the CDP hearing, normally I'll tell them, you need to fill this out yourself. I'm going to draft it for you and you need to mail it in yourself because I, I can't get a 2848 on a file to do this for you. That one's not as stressful. But then the notice of deficiency, I find that to be the hardest one because that's a very hard deadline, first of all. (laughs) And second of all, there's multiple levels where we could help a client. We could do it all informally, just, you know, not, not even file 2848, just advise them. We could file 2848 and handle it more informally, or we could enter an appearance, all depending on how strongly we feel about the case and the client. Three days, not enough. And so I would tell the client, this is how you file a petition, mail it in ASAP, 
if you can get me the documents beforehand with enough time for me to review, maybe I'll file it online for you given the timing. And I have done that once or twice for, for real quick if I felt comfortable with the client and, and with the case. But I think it's difficult. I'm not sure if you run into these situations or how you handle it. Yeah, I, I was thinking about it that I don't know if I necessarily get the clients who who are showing up like like with three days. It's it's it seems to me either like the notice of deficiency that that they're generally still have the three months, the the 90 days, or or otherwise they're showing up with something that's that's expired, that it's it's just way way past due and there's there's probably no way to resurrect things so i i kind of feel like like it's either hot or cold and, and not necessarily you know in in between but i i think that that is fantastic advice on on how to approach um those deadlines and um if someone is yeah, the, the different situations where someone has a short deadline. Um, I, I mean, I, th I think certainly with the IRS asking if they can give an extra 30 days or something, that is good. But I mean, I agree. It's very problematic with the tax court because that is a firm statutory deadline that, that the tax court is not in the business of giving out extensions that you either meet your deadline or you don't. And so then when it comes to the attorney, I agree with you that do we want to represent this person who we've just met? You know, what, what kind of proof do they have? How, how reliable of a client are they? And, you know, if, if it's just a matter of days, how well can we vet the client to, to determine if, yes, I want to enter my appearance in this case and, and fully commit. And, and I'm, I'm reluctant to do that on a tax court case because it's easy to get in, it's not so easy to get out. And, you know, getting out, you have to get the judge's approval to, to be removed from the case. So, you know, I, I want to be sure that I'm, you know, I, I want to commit to this client, that, that I want to be in a relationship, so to speak, with the client. And if, if I've just met them, are, are they reliable to, to where I want to, you know, be, be long-term working with them? So I, I agree that helping them file their own petition and then maybe seeing later on, okay, they're not so bad. Maybe, maybe I'll just enter my appearance, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a good advice if they are, you know, just showing up and Hey, it's days before this tax court petition is due. I mean, I, I think it's fine to, to be reluctant to commit, so to speak on, on on whether to be their attorney on the case that's good to hear <laughs> that i'm doing it right 
because that's what I've heard is that it's very difficult to withdraw your representation once you're engaged. And that's yeah, the only I mean, sound. yeah, I'll I'll give kind of a war story from there is one client that it would kind of come and go whether whether they were in communication or not that I, I had them in the office, I filed the petition, and I mean, there were periods that I, I mostly was working with the wife and she would respond to phone calls or emails. And then there would be a period where she was just non-responsive. And so I finally did file a, a motion to withdraw with the tax court and the judge responded, I mean, it, it was some kind of, you know, ur urging me to follow up with the client to see whether I should stay in the, wh whether they would respond and, and so I should stay in the case. And so I did follow up, the client responded. So I withdrew my motion and yeah, even, even when it came to settlement, I was getting them a good settlement and it came down to the wire of whether whether she would respond or not to to approve the settlement and you know i i was stressing out but finally i just had to be like just to tell myself look it's it's her her case it's their money that if if they don't respond that that's kind of their decision in itself that you know, it's it's not my life. I need I need to walk away if if they wind up having having a bad um, a bad liability or or whatever with the IRS. But she did respond in time, so I did get them the I think the best settlement I could with counsel. Um, and then after that, when it came to to dealing with collections. Again, she wasn't being responsive. And, and so I was like, you know, <laughs> I, I, th I think I was pretty ready to, to walk away. And then, then she started responding again, but it was, it was just so, so much back and forth with the client that, I mean, I, I was finding it difficult and, and really just wanted to walk away. Um, but I, I felt for them, they, they had a, um, had their own business that they wound up um, just having to, to shut down their business. And they had several children. I, I don't remember if it was like, I mean, it was, it was a minimum of four, but, but she was pregnant when, when I saw her. And, and so they, they kept having children and I was just like, okay, they're, they're sympathetic at least. And, and so I was trying to help them, but but they they really messed up stuff related to their business, and and so they, I don't know if it was the preparer who, like overdid their expenses, their business expenses, and and so then it was trying to substantiate that. So we um, got them a, a decent settlement, but but it was still a, a good amount that they owed, and. As far as I know, they were unemployed and and just kind of a, a mess. And but to me, it's like, okay, stay stay in touch with your attorney. 
come on, re respond to the phone calls, to the to the emails. And, you know, she she really wasn't. Exactly. And those quick deadlines, it's so easy to get hooked in and want to just jump in and help, 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 not realizing, oh, this person's a bad communicator or this person isn't going to be happy with any deal. They just want to fight and you're stuck in the middle. <sighs> yeah, I mean, but but like I wouldn't have known. I mean, if there are time that there were times that she is good at communicating and there are times that she's bad. So with those clients, once you start working with them, you know, you, you never you don't know how they'll be through the whole case. So do you have, do you have a, a 10 day drop letter? Contact oh, yeah. me, contact yeah. me in 10 days or I'm closing your case. <laughs> yeah, I I've done that with. Yeah, I mean, I may give them like. I don't know, 15 days or a couple weeks or something, but, but yeah. And, and I, I like, I keep the bar low on, on responding that it's like, email me a phone call, whatever, and I'll keep your case open. But a lot of times they don't respond. And so I'm okay. We're, we're shutting things down, mm -hmm. but tax court is the exception because you know you're you're locked in and, and you need the judge's approval to be done so i i certainly try and tread carefully when it when it comes to entering my appearance in those cases i've been doing far too many because of the new online thing where it's just so much easier for me to upload it but that has crazy amount of delays and i think goes into what you want to discuss yeah, yeah, that's that's a, a smooth transition there, Andrew. <laughs> that that yeah, all all of the delays with the the tax court. Um, I think it's timely to bring up um, the premature assessment category, and and for those of you who aren't familiar with it, it's um, after filing a petition with the tax court that the tax court is so backed up that they do not serve the the petition to the irs so that does not get communicated also to collections to where they are are moving forward on on collecting on the case so then then you get where you have filed a petition for a client and then they're getting notices from collections of of collections trying to collect on the case and so there's there's that question okay what do you do about that so i've i've got the email handy it's um tax court all all one word dot petitioner dot premature dot assessment at irs.gov so again that's tax court dot petitioner dot premature dot assessment at irs.gov so i i would email them the case number with tax court letting them know and it's my understanding from from local counsel their their paralegal saying that 
they don't have the, the ability there within council to necessarily address what's going on in collections. So it's good to, to send that email that, that I just um, read off about the premature assessment that they can then be coordinating it between collections and council to, to get everyone on board to where collections isn't moving ahead. And my understanding is that, that things can move like, it may take a couple months after the notice for, for the IRS to collect anyway, but I would still recommend just sending that email as soon as you know that's the situation so the IRS can can get moving on it rather than just saying, oh, the IRS moves slow anyway. Now, I, I think it's better to, to send that email and get moving. So I have a question about your practice that sure. I'm curious about. Stuff like this has been happening to me constantly, not just tax court. I haven't had a premature assessment, but things in the IRS are not working the way that people expect. Sure. More than usual. It's slow, you know, they can't reach an agent. The the notice notices are coming out like crazy sometimes. They aren't getting stimulus payments. And they come they come to me and start getting all up in arms, kind of throwing a little bit of shade, insinuating I'm not doing my job. <laughs> and then I have to try and explain to them that the IRS is going through a lot right now. <laughs> We're doing our, I'm doing my best, but you know, they're, they're going to miss some things and they're going to send some notices out by accident. They, they aren't going to immediately send you your refund. It's not like that they have a system of Apple computers or HP computers nationwide. They're using 1960s technology. So it's not all interconnected we just need to take a step back and relax here a little bit. So I've been having a lot of those conversations with clients. Is this something you've been experiencing where you've had, had to like sit them, like calm them down and especially from jumping down your throat? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that I'm, that, that they've been getting too upset with with me necessarily, but it's it's a lot of more them upset at the situation where where they're wanting money as as quickly as they can get. So whether that's the uh, economic impact payments, the child tax credit, or their refund, and you know just having to explain to them, hey, the IRS is moving very slow, and you you really can't be relying on them for for paying your bills right now that you know maybe maybe the money is coming but it's going to be slow getting to you so just whatever response the irs is going to have it's slow <laughs> that 
that, that you really have to be patient with the IRS right now because, because things are so backed up with them. That's, that's the message I'm giving. I, I feel like a broken record. And then they bring up like, well, can't they see I filed my return on March, blah, blah, like March 14th and corrected everything. And I'm like, well, maybe not <laughs> to be honest. Like, well, they aren't well run. <laughs> yeah. I mean, or, or just saying that, you know, yeah, they may have that information, but, but you're just, you're just stuck in the line and, and they're getting to you as, as they get through the order. But, you know, we, we don't know how backed up they are and where you are in that process. So true. I shouldn't say they're not well run. I should say they have a lot going on. That's been my line. They have a lot going on. And then I break it down, stimulus payment, advanced child tax credits. They're getting thrown stuff left and right understaffed outdated technology cut them a little slack here right yeah no i mean i it's it's a frustrating message but you know that's that's the the honest one that we have to give right now yeah i don't know we we just have to stick to our message (laughs) that's been my just like the message with tax court like i don't know when they'll process it but it's submitted. Yeah. I was worrying that I messed up on my first petition, online petition, but then found out it was just taking like three months. So that was good for, I think that's good for everyone to know, all practitioners, that they're just really backed up. It's not that anyone made a mistake on their petitions. Literally, they just haven't gotten to it yet. Yeah. Yeah, right at the beginning, the tax court will give a case number, but, you know, they, they take however many months to process. And so you really don't know if it was filed correctly until they process it, you know? And and so, yeah, if they're, if they're looking for another form or um, a payment or, or something filing fee and they'll respond, but you know, otherwise sub- submit it and, and wait and, you know, just find something else to do in the meantime. Yeah. Well, I think that's that's some good information on deadlines. Deadlines and how to explain to clients about the deadlines and the delays. A lot of client-focused fo- client information today, hopefully. Thank you for listening to Tax Justice Warriors. We have a Patreon page if you'd like to support this podcast. Providing monetary support for this podcast helps with expenses like equipment or travel to tax conferences. Supporting this podcast through Patreon comes with rewards, so check out our Patreon page. Please rate or review this podcast because positive reviews help get more people to know this podcast exists. The views expressed on this podcast are not official opinions of the IRS, the Low Income Taxpayer Clinic Program, or the employers of the people who spoke on this program. Your tax situation is unique, so do not take the statements on this program as tax or legal advice. Consult with your own tax professional to provide you with specific advice on your situation. Tune in next time on Tax Justice Warriors for another interesting tax discussion.